you, me, and CRT, part two. Let's continue talking about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and it is my privilege to come to you each and every week and share my heart on really important topics. Now, I've opened a can of worms on what I believe is an important but delicate topic, uh, this topic of the critical race theory. You know, I've gotten a lot of responses and feedback about, especially my podcasts about the vaccine and, and talking about the election and different issues in that regard. But I believe one of my most important things that I've talked about over the last couple of years is this issue of race and racism. And what I believe uh, is, is really proven by science and the Bible um, that there is only one race, the human race. And I believe that that is going to be the key to really triggering uh, extreme healing in our country. And I know that there have been people that have responded and said, well, that seems like a fairy tale, like this idea that we are all one race, that we're all just different shades of brown uh, and not categorizing people into race, into um, separate um Um, races, uh, seems like that's just ivory tower stuff. It could never happen. But I believe that there is uh, a cultural reality that the father is trying to uh, awaken, I think is the right word, expose our country to a mindset where we can actually change and change the way that we feel about each other and even the way that we think. You know, I uh, I proposed in in the the brown initiative that you know we actually refer to each other as brown skinned you know there's lighter brown skin and there's deeper brown skin and 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 I had somebody come up to me afterwards uh, after I presented this one time at a conference and and they said you know that's that uh, they agree with me a hundred percent they think that changing the way that we talk about races is probably far fetched and probably can't happen. But then I'm thinking, and I was just talking to my family about this today, you know, we used to say things about each other um, using the N word when referring to black people. That was commonplace for a time in our culture. It isn't anymore. It doesn't mean that there aren't people who still use that word when referring to black people, but it's rare and it's not accepted and it's not acceptable. And so that changed, that culture changed. The way that we speak and the way that we talk, why can't it change even further? Why can't we go further? I believe that's what our culture is calling for and longing for. So I've gotten a lot of responses in regards to vaccine and medical topics and things like that. But when I talked about race, I didn't get a lot of responses. Either that means that everybody just 100% agrees with me, which is great, (laughs) or we just don't know what to say or, or we don't know what to think or even more concerning, we just feel very removed from it. 
living in central Minnesota where we're not confronted by a lot of different races or ethnicities in our area. So it just doesn't concern us. It's just not something that we care all that about or talk about much or doesn't really affect us. And I'm concerned by that because I think we need to have a shift in the way that we think about Americanism and and who we are as citizens of this great country. I started this podcast because I love this country so much. And I want to have a shift in the way that we change, the way that we think about each other, the way that we talk about each other, and that we refer to each other as fellow Americans. You know, I shared this video clip from Morgan Freeman when they were talking about this month, the month of February, Black History Month. And they were talking about it to him. They said, what do you think about Black History Month? And he said, I don't want black history because black history is American history. And he said, I want you to refer to me as Morgan not as a black man. And I don't want to refer to you as a white man, but as a human being, as a fellow citizen. And that video on YouTube, you can go find it. Type in Morgan Freeman talks about Black History Month. (laughs) That got more raving reviews and people saying yes. And, you know, Morgan Freeman for president and all of these responses. And yet, Nobody ever really indoctrinates that idea. In fact, what we've been seeing in the community has been more of a doubling down on racism and the topic of skin color more than ever. Why is this happening? So last week, I decided to talk about critical race theory, and I got the response I was looking for and the fact that I've gotten quite a bit of feedback regarding this topic. I finally roused some interest in this race issue. And I sounded pretty sympathetic to the cause because I don't want to ever take somebody's heart or meaning out of context. I would never want that to happen to me. Somebody could look at me and say, well, you don't even believe in races. That means that you don't even really want to talk about it. You don't care about races uh, races at all or racism and that would, be a, that would be taking my comments out of context and redefining them and then putting it back on me as a judgment. Because clearly that's not my position at all. It's quite the opposite. And my concern is with those who drafted or began writing the critical race theory, and although some have taken it to extremes and taken it into avenues and venues that I believe are inappropriate, which I am going to talk about today, Um, I believe that their heart was to initiate conversation, to talk about something that is still broken in our society. And so I may have uh, kind of rattled the hornet's nest a little bit last week by taking a position of, let's really hear what the critical race theory proposers had in mind when they wrote what they wrote. I have here from a Learning English website that said university professors and others in academia academia developed CRT during the 1970s and 1980s in response to what they viewed as a lack of racial progress. Well, this is important. If that's what they're feeling, then I can understand how something can be birthed from that place of pain, anguish, hurt, misunderstanding. 
And again, just from a place of definition, for some, critical race theory is a way of understanding how race has shaped American society and public policy. But what I want to talk about today, too, is for others, CRT creates division and conflict between white people and other minorities. It's interesting because there's there's a lot of dichotomy that has come out of this and certainly a lot of anger and pain. And I read one article where it kind of tried to make the, the assertion that CRT is not being indoctrinated or taught in our schools. In fact, it's very rare to find CRT being proposed in curriculum. Well, as I said, I'm an equal opportunity pushbacker and I have been digging uh, deeper and actually some listeners have sent me quite a bit of information, even in regards to Minnesota and some of the indoctrination into schools. I believe that CRT is very alive and well and, and being pushed fairly dramatically and sometimes inappropriately into our school systems. But I don't think we can ever lose sight of the fact that there is real pain and that there is real discrimination in the words, hidden um, behind the even sometimes inappropriate veil that people are, are proposing. And I think it's really important about what I just read is that I believe the African-American community gets frustrated because there's no forward movement. We continue to talk about the same things and we simply follow the bouncing ball between one atrocity to the next atrocity until it gets talked about and all the sports people put it on their hats and end racism and, and the George Floyd act, uh, uh, activities happen in this world. And we talk about it and we propose change and we... Uh, uh, have extreme rhetoric, and yet nothing really seems to move or to shift. And so this idea of indoctrinating CRT into our school systems is actually a very clever idea, but of course, it's a very sinister idea. Schools aren't the place for political activism, and it's certainly not the place to propose an ideology by a certain individual group of people to our children in that setting. And of course, that's unfortunately what we've been seeing. And, and we have documentation of, of Hopkins and Egan and Edina and some of these communities, uh, even in our own Twin Cities area, that are, are buying in completely to a CRT-type movement. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let me read from M. Dowling, who is somebody who's going to take a very different position than I took last week. And I want to propose both sides so that you can understand and frame what is occurring. Now, again, last week, I, w I proposed that CRT was actually birthed out of this place that um, racism, um, we, can, we, can, we can assert that racism is the product of intentionally bad and biased individuals only. But CRT proposed that racism is a systemic and, inher and it is inherent in much of the American life, no matter how far we are removed today from its origins. See, I believe that black people are frustrated because so many of us for so long have taken a stance where we just say, well, I'm not a racist. You can't accuse me of being a racist. I'm not a racist. I, I run a podcast that talks about racism and I'm against it. And, and, I, and I, I propose all of these ideas to, to bring equality and freedom and, and, and change the way that we speak. And you can't accuse me of being a racist. 
And so we as white Americans, we take this stance where you can't tell us that it's cooked into the, it's baked into the cake, that there's inherent racism everywhere because I'm not a racist. The problem is, is the conclusion then is, is that I am not part of the solution. If I'm not the problem, then I'm not part of the solution. And because I'm not a racist, that means there must not be racism. <laughs> and so we simply look the other way, we turn the other way, or we get angry when people try to propose that there actually could be some institutional racism inherent in our country. Is it possible, my friends? Is it possible that there is some inherent racism baked into the cake of our country? I believe it is. And maybe that's an unpopular Republican conservative view. It's unpopular to the Republicans and the conservatives, that view. But I believe that it's important that we as Americans and we as fellow Americans stop looking at each other as us versus them. But there is some problems with CRT, especially when we push it on our children, and especially when we are looking to actually change or alter history, or worse, looking to propagate racism and actually double down on it. So M. Dowling from the Independent Sentinel, uh, I'm just reading from his article, uh, he takes a very negative view of CRT. He reports that it's an all-encompassing vision that views all cultural, political, and social institutions as oppressive and requires explicit and continuous anti-racism, quote, work, end quote, to meet out its vision for a liberated humanity. Everything is seen through the prism of race, and the group with the power is tyrannizing the group without the power. It makes us feel defensive, doesn't it? Because we're, we're like, we're not, a, we're not tyrannizing anyone. He goes on to explain that the essential ingredient of CRT is new racism. Racism is no longer merely prejudice and discrimination based on race. That's old racism. New racism has two primary components, institutional power and systems of privilege or disadvantage based on race. And they say that blacks can't be racist because they're the oppressed people and all whites are the oppressors. Now, again, I'm not defending CRT, but I'm saying that I'm not so sure that was their initial proposal, but I do believe that it can be taken to those extremes. And, and, and I, I believe it actually is being taken to those extremes in many cases. He goes on to write that a cure for this equity, giving black and brown people superior advantages, give them the power and teach all of the children this ideology. He calls CRT revenge society or racism under new management. <laughs> and so this is, tends to be the response of, of people who become concerned or, or, or um, mistrusting what the school system is doing. I was talking to my wife today and I believe that she had a really good insight in the fact that there has been many cases of the school and the liberal elite trying to press and to push their um, ideology 
onto other people. And there have been many examples, such as transgender and homosexual um, uh, philosophies, uh, anti-Christian uh, um, rhetoric, some of those things that have happened over time. And we can go on and on and on with the lists that the school systems have have moved into and felt like they were the platform that are going to change the way that children think. And so something comes along like this topic, which I would argue with you is, is a little, is not only a little bit different, but a lot different than some of those other topics, uh, because this is based on skin color. This is based on, on, uh, on fellow Americans and their abilities to be, um, to be treated equally in our society. And if there is some problems there, then I believe that they do need to be addressed. So how do we address them? Well, I don't believe that we address them by trying to brainwash our children and to try to have them think the way that a certain group thinks. So what is the purpose of school? Well, I believe the purpose of school is it's a place for children to learn and to learn how to learn not forced towards any political or personal view. That's not what school is for. Classrooms are not the place for political activism. But it can be a place where information is presented to children and have them actually um, decide for themselves how to proceed moralistically in their own hearts. I've been advocating all along to remove the indoctrination religion of evolution in our schools but rather present to our children the different theories of origins because none of us were there, so it only can be a theory at best, but it actually turned into a religion not based on scientific truth, proof. <laughs> and present it to the children and allow them to make decisions about their own origin or purpose in life. But for many people, that's just too dangerous. There has to be there has to be an indoctrination where there is no God. There has to there has to be a a a brainwashing to our children that can't allow a a supreme being to be the answer to their problems. Well, the same is true for this. But I believe that there can be a common ground, and I believe that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a common ground because we all want equality. We, we don't want prejudice or racism or in any aspects of our lives, including our own policies. And if it is baked in the cake, I don't want it. And I don't believe anybody actually wants it. But they, what they don't want is something to be forced down our children's throats without being vetted by their actual parents. This is the pushback. And so if you are a proponent of CRT, please hear me when I say this. Nobody likes to have it pushed down their throat or indoctrinated to their children. It, it, it's a scary, defensive position that you put parents in, not fully understanding. I actually explained last podcast how very few people even understand it. And so if that's the case, and there is a misunderstanding or an ignorance or a lack of education or for whatever reason, and then you say, well, it doesn't matter whether you understand it or not, this is what your children are going to learn. That's where you're going to get the pushback. And that's where things get out of line. I believe that there can be an emphasis, this is the word my wife used, an emphasis in the way that we look at the history of slavery and the treatment 
of our black fellow citizens in our country. There can be an emphasis. I don't believe it can be at, at the expense of removing history, of rewriting history, of, of, of changing some of the things that occurred or, 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 or eliminating anything that else that happened in our history. But we can emphasize those areas that brought real pain and mistreatment to our fellow Americans. Because we need to know. We need to not be ignorant, my friends, about all of these things. And it is heartbreaking the more we dig into it, and I have, it breaks your heart. And that's why, that's why I'm, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on, on some of this conservative Republican pushback on, on these, these topics of CRT because I believe there's sometimes a misunderstanding. And unfortunately, what I'm seeing in the middle of all of this discussion is this crazy irony that's taking place. See, I, I read this last week that supporters of CRT believe that race is not biological, hello, but culturally invented, hello. This is what I've been saying. It's not biological. There are no races. Biology has proven that. But it's culturally invented, meaning that we need to reinvent culture where there are no races. That is the answer to racism, is to eliminate, eliminate it completely. But black people are actually drawing more attention and wanting more discrimination based on skin color, which is exactly what they are fighting. They're doubling down on race. And white people are suppressing the black people's voice and silencing them, which is exactly what the white people claim they aren't doing. <laughs> My friends, sometimes we have to take a step, giant step back and actually look to see what's happening. I don't believe that our children should be a target for any of this. And so I, I do defend those parents who are crying out against CRT and what they think it means being proposed and taught in various parts of school. I do support that. I support the resistance of an ideology that can be dangerous and can actually double down on race. I believe that we also, however, have blind spots. You know, the Vikings actually just hired a new GM, and I wrote down his name because it's not the easiest name. And his name is Quisi Adolfo Mensa. And he is a new uh, GM for the Vikings and kind of an analytics kind of guy. He's very, very smart, Princeton and Stanford trained. But at his press conference, he actually talked about how he leads, what type of leadership that he has. Is he kind of the final say on everything that's going to be taking place, including hiring a new head coach? And, and he said, I have learned that, yes, I will, I will have my ideas brought to the table, but I have learned to listen to other voices because I know that I have blind spots. And when I listen to others, they cover my blind spots. If I sound them out and refuse to listen and reject what they are saying, then my blind spots actually become exposed and mistakes are made. So he has learned in a leadership position to actually welcome input from those at the table with whom he is sitting so that he can make an informed decision and that they cover his blind spots and expose to him things that he may never have thought of. 
my friends, as a white male in our country, in Midwest America, it is possible that I have racial blind spots. And it's possible that you do too. I am asking as a cultural reformist, I'm asking you to allow the Holy Spirit to examine your own heart. Are there things, are there ways that we treat other people with different skin, quote unquote, color? (laughs) Is there a way that we look at them, the way that we think about them, the way that we treat them? Are there things that are baked in the cake of our country that can be adjusted, that can be moved, that can be healed? We can't simply find what's wrong with what they're doing and not actually help them find an answer to their problems. Why? Because we're the answer. We're the answer. Inherent in all of these articles that I've read that are very anti-CRT, inherent in every one of them um, is the fact that there is no other solution being proposed. (laughs) They just don't like what, what is being proposed to their children. And rightfully so. But in nowhere, and no part of the reading, is there a different solution to the problem. And in some of them, there's not even an acknowledgement of the problem. And in our culture, I believe that's just not okay. I think we can be better. I think we can do better. I think we will do better. Thank you for hearing my heart in this. I don't think I'm quite done with this. I actually want to talk about equality versus equity. Sound like very similar words, but not the same. And I'd like to talk about that maybe next week, unless something changes in the world that we have to talk about differently. But I'm also open to hearing what you have to say and what you think and the questions that you have. Margaret sent me a a long list of things that are happening in the school system today here in the Twin Cities. And I just want her to know that I've read that and I've listened to it and I agree with most of it. I, I think it's important that we connect with each other. I appreciate the information, but I'm also open to questions, ideas. Even if you disagree with what I'm saying, it's important that we talk about this and that we break this down deeper and, and, and not just gloss over it or pretend that we have no solution or that we're not part of the problem or the solution. We have to be. We're the ambassadors of heaven. We're the ones that carry his light and his purpose and his answers. I'm coming to you today from a newly designed studio. And if you go on YouTube, hopefully the sound and the quality of the picture is going to be even better. And I just want to thank you for your generous donations that made this possible. And I hope to continue to bring you high quality content in a short period of time so that you can work it into your lives. And so I appreciate you and your attention and the listenership that has continued to go forward and grow for this podcast. So until next week, let's go together now to set and shape the culture.